Cisco. <laughs> George. Let's welcome our listeners in. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Artful Dodgers podcast, episode 12. Where yes, we nice. take <laughs> that's good, right? We take a painting, any painting, um, from you know the past or present, done by any particular artist or in the any particular or the future in any particular style, and we one of us will research the painting, research a little background on the artist, and then we'll bring the painting to the table and we'll both talk about it. Now we'll carve it up. There is a we'll carve it up. There is a possibility that. The person who doesn't know what the painting is already knows the painting and might be able to bring something to the table, um, which I think is probably going to be the case this week. Yeah. <laughs> However, <laughs> we'll carve it up and serve it up. We'll carve it up and serve it up to our great listeners Little here. Little bite-sized on... pieces. And the first, wait, first episode of 2024, Cisco, do you want to say anything? Wanna... I'd love to wish everyone Happy New Year 2024. Right, and I'd also like to do a little <laughs> bit of mopping up uh, oh, from no. <laughs> from Not 20... another mistake. <laughs> what did we do last? Wait, who was it? Me again? No, this Come is on. my this is my bad. I mean, just oh, he owns up. Wait, yeah, um, day on the pod. Yeah, so yeah, a little bit of mopping up from the last episode, uh, which was on God. I've forgotten his name. What was his name? Odion Redon. There we go. Odion Redon. Um, so I was banging on about the Age of Enlightenment. Yeah, that was in the 1700s. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to like... Oh, yeah, you that. knew it, of course, didn't you? <laughs> well, you kind of like, you were so on it. And I thought, I don't want to, you know, you know, emasculate my <laughs> fellow co-host. In the I think the you've already done that quite a few times. Um, well, what with the gallery bit? Are you going to come on? Tell me about that. So... Oh, no, sorry. So... <laughs> so, yeah... Just to be clear, the Age of Enlightenment, also known as the Age of Reason, was an intellectual and philosophical movement that occurred in Europe, especially Western Europe, in the 17th and 18th century. So, yes. yeah, it was quite a bit But before. I will say, but wait, I will say that there was like, I mean, definitely, and you're, you're right, I mean, it, it was an age, I mean, this Age of Enlightenment, it carried on through, I mean, definitely in the 19th turn of the century people were definitely still wondering what the hell was going on and yeah quite, and obviously i mean we could yeah. still be now i mean you know it's just it's what the history of books you know define books. as the age of enlightenment but yeah you know, of course we those. could all be right now in our own age <laughs> this of is the awful dodges mate we make it up as we go along <laughs> so yeah anyway there we go it's mopped up now you can continue <laughs> okay i'll continue with the show yeah um Okay, so right, this guy, booming act. It's, it's a real, it's a real. Okay, it's an honor to talk about this painter. Oh First dear. of all, yeah, <laughs> oh it's dear. a real honor to talk about him, James. Is this person and alive? Are you like butt he, kissing? He already? is alive. Your butt he is alive. So your butt kissing. He is alive. Um. Well, no. I mean, I really mean it. I mean, the more. And the other thing is, is that we're only going to be able to scratch the surface of this painter because there's so much of this stuff. There's so much stuff online about him. Okay, so, so we've got can, to be a little bit polite because he's alive. Can't. We've got to be polite. Okay. Definitely polite. But I, I don't. I, I find it difficult to think of something bad you could say about this guy. Mm. Um, and I've been trying to think like of something bad because I want <laughs> you'll, you'll you'll find it, Chase, if it's there. Um, so I guess I guess we'll kick off with a couple of quotes mm -hmm. like we usually do. Um, do we have to explain this show again? Oh, you, we did. You've we just did that. Right. Yeah. Okay. 
I know okay, old so age is getting to you, G. It is a little bit of a freak, <laughs> yes. Um, right. Um, okay, first quote, short and sweet. I want to paint everything that is my life, all of my experiences. Mm, Damien Hurst. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, you know, you could be, you know. Um, and then this is a longer one. Um, that I've written in my scroll and I hope I can um, read it out and make, get it to make sense. I don't give importance to technique. I condition everything so that the painting has spirit in every way. If not, technique does not do me any good. I have done that, put in all the forms. I ordered them the best way possible, taken measurements. Everything was done correctly, but the painting ended up without substance vacant of emotion and that when i had that sensation it seemed to me a complete failure it seemed that technique wasn't worth anything not that technique doesn't have importance but it's like the word is the link to the ideas the word is the link to the ideas and oh my god i'll get this wrong and nothing more so you acquire technique but then what do you do with it you know, this is one of his best quotes, you know, it's like you, you go to art school, you study all this, you know, however you, you know, going to explain yourself in art, you know, you, at the end of your training or whatever, you have to have something to say, right? I mean, if you, if you're stuck without anything to say, then you're, you're going to be a bit of a shock, right? I yeah, I didn't realize we're going to be doing monologuing. Um, <laughs> so, okay, I'm going to go for Pietro Anigoni. So close, and you know, very close, very close. I mean, I can see. Well, he's not alive, is he? Piet Anagoni's he's not, not alive. Chased, is he? No. So that was wrong. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll give you another clue. He's Spanish. Uh, <laughs> You're gonna kick do yourself. I, do I know this painter? Can I just do I know? I would painter? be I would be shocked and awed if you did not know this painter. But you probably. If you don't know him by name, you'll know him. You'll know him by image. Okay, recipients. Here we go. I'm okay, I do your... know. I do know. I think I know who it is. But you don't. You can't. The name is just. The name is time. just. I mean, I recognize his paint. He's like a kind of not a photo realist painter, but no. Okay, but oh, you, could, you could be. You could be accused of saying that about him in some in some parts of his work. Is this um, the dude that like sets up? And just spends ages painting a scenery, and a it's scenery. Just almost like years painting one scene. No, he oh. doesn't do that. He does spend a long time <laughs> on his paintings. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Antonio Lopez Garcia. Yeah, it's him. Born. He spends ages on his. Well, paintings. I don't know. It's got a lot of work out there. <laughs> I don't know if there's possible that he could. Well, maybe. Yeah, maybe he does. Okay. Well, yeah, of course he does. Okay. Antonio Lopez Garcia, born January 6th, 1936. So it's like a bit of, he's just had a birthday, hasn't he? Wow. And we're here to celebrate. And we're here to celebrate. I've sent you the links. Have you made, have you made him a cake? Did you bake him a cake? Buen, 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 buen cumpleaños, Antonio. Buen cumpleaños. Gracias por tu obra. Mm. Very good. George, mm. your Spanish is coming along. Gracias. De nada. <laughs> you should do the show in Spanish. <laughs> Toda la mostra en español. No. Okay, here we go. You, so, did you get the, did you get the uh, image? I sent it through. 
Okay, let me just uh, have a quick look at my emails, refreshing emails. While he's doing that, I am going to tell you a little bit more about him. Um, when he was born, so he's you've born sent, in you've sent two links. Sorry, you've sent two, two links. links. Which, yeah, so which one? Look, Should look I look at, at the first look one? At, look at the first one, we'll and you'll the see the painting. Yeah. Ooh, the table. Mm. Yeah. Oh, you, know you son of a beep. Mm -hmm. You got and there now, before me. I love this guy. Yeah, and now, <laughs> I knew you'd say that. That is so annoying, isn't it? When ah. somebody picks up. Yeah. Nice. I love this painting. Now, I love what, this I tell painting. You what, first of all, I've got to tell you that this guy's got an amazing website that you can look at that will add the link. And so when the second link, Cisco. Yes. If you click on that second link, you'll get the page off of his website. Okay, and this is where I reach out to our audience and say, in our in the 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 information on on the podcast, you will find both of these links. Uh, if you are near a, a computer, you can or a, yeah. Uh, your, of course, you might phone. be driving in a car or driving in the and car. If you're driving in a car, yes, Cisco. I think you're, I'm going to let you describe the painting. Okay, well, hang on a sec. So, yeah, I was just saying, if oh, yeah. you can get links to these, which we will link. Um, so, yeah, okay, so I'm going to go back to the painting, which is called The Table. Right. Uh, painted in the 80s, 1980, wow. 1980. Um, oh, God, it's so cool. <laughs> okay, so to anyone driving in their car or not at the computer this is a painting a, a photo it's not a photo realist painting it's a, it's a sort of uh, contemporary you couldn't say that could you contemporary you couldn't say it was i couldn't yeah. quite could i so it's contemporary no. realism contemporary Ooh. realism and it's of a table uh, it looks yeah it looks a little bit old fashioned sort of in the 80s possibly earlier sort of touch of the 50s possibly but oh it feels it's so old-fashioned it that feels a bit old-fashioned um and everything is is well is kind of well observed um on the table and it kind of is almost fractured as well it has an element of fracture the the prime primary colors in it are, are kind of a yellowy whitish table and a, yeah. and a very gray background and you in the background you see a door and there's a bit of light and so he's uh, He's mixing a, a, a kind of yeah. real, realism and, and a sort of abstract sense. That's my, that's my general. And on the table, there's bits of ham, there's an apple, there's a bottle, there's bits of bread. Oh, sorry, there's a very important. There's a woman uh, on, the, on the right side, possibly the mum, and there's a daughter looking straight at the viewer. And the woman's right. kind of looking off almost a bit, um, I don't know, a bit vacant. But the, and all, the little everything on the table, right everything out. on the table is painted beautifully. It's like this beautiful kind of you and Uglo kind of look to everything. Um, before you and Uglo was doing stuff like that, um, don't you think? How, Did you get that? Yeah. So how big is this painting? Um, hold on. Damn it! I wrote it down. I did. Okay, I'll tell you how big it is. It's about a meter by. Um, I would say it's a meter by about three feet. Okay, decent size. Yeah, it's pretty decent. So I know that because I've, I've seen this painting um, in person. I'm trying to remember where it is now, but I'm pretty sure it's in. Um, Hang on a second. You just said a meter, Madrid. a meter by three feet. So you've just given two different measurements. Well, it's not a square, is it? Okay. Yeah, come on. <laughs> 
But why not? Well, it's like, I mean, it's about a meter. I'd say maybe a meter 20 by a meter. Maybe it's that big. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, just to clear that. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, okay, great. Yeah, tell me all. Tell you all. Well, I'm not sure I could get into the biography, but I won't. I'm just going to talk about the painting for a bit. Because what I think, do you get this? And everywhere I've looked, no one's really mentioned this about this painting. So, I mean, am I a trailblazer? We'll see. But the point, what I'm trying to say is that there's a little touch of the Las Meninas about this painting, don't you think? So Las Meninas... Is that, it's the painting by Velasquez. It's a big the, painting by them. Velasquez, uh, which is he did at court. He was a, like a 17th century Spanish painter. Yeah. Um, and he did a very famous painting of him. It's a kind of portrait of, of himself, isn't it? Standing at it's, the... It's, yeah, he's standing at this huge easel and he's painting the, the queen and king of Spain. And, but you're looking at it through the eyes of the queen and king of Spain, if you see what I mean. Yeah. So and there's this whole family in front of it. But the composition, what's interesting about the composition is that it's very abstract. You don't really notice it at first, but if you cut the Las Menenes in half, the top half of the painting is com almost completely blank. It's like nothing's happening in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a door on the right, just like here. Mm -hmm. There's This also has the similar, you know, nothing happening in the top half of the painting. And then... The main thing about Las Meninas is it's a reflection of the mirror on the wall mm -hmm. of the royal family looking back and forth, right? Yeah. Now you see that thing above her head? Uh-huh. And I don't know if that's a light or I don't know if that's a mirror or whatever, but whatever it is, it's definitely referencing that painting. Wouldn't you say that? I, I think that's a bit of a reach. Um, is it? But I, I, I can definitely see the connection. I don't know how much he was thinking about that, but... Being Spanish. Plus the girl. Well, he's a big fan of Velasquez, yeah. as we'll find out. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, the light, it's, I mean, for me, it's definitely a light because it's, it's clearly the light source. It's that, that time of the 80s where you had the light above the table. And it's, right. it's sort of, it sort of seems to be, yeah, most of the light is coming. From, there is some natural light which is going in the background, hitting the doorframe. But um, I can certainly see what you're saying. But, and also, because of the way he's done the light, it's, it could be anything, really, couldn't it? It could be yeah, it could. half a dress with a pair of shoes. <laughs> I mean, well, exactly. That's my point. My point is, is like, why would you put that there? Without it, take take your finger off it. Hmm. The whole painting still kind of works for me. And has know? he? I mean, it needs I mean I'm just there, zooming but... in now. I mean, it looks yeah. like he's painted. He maybe put something in and painted it out. It's really hard to tell. He's got. Yeah. There's two rect rectangles in the back. Which he's, if a picture was on the wall that has been taken which out. Which he's taken out. He's like, no, not yeah. having that. <laughs> now, let me tell you something. I can guarantee you this is in his apartment or where he lived. You know, at the time when he painted this painting, this is where he lived. Every, all he, you know, that, like back to that first saying, I want to paint everything that is my life and all of my experiences. Mm. And if you look through his work, you know, that's what you get. So it's, basically, uh, like a lot of artists, a lot of selfish artists... <laughs> He thought, I know what I'll do. I'll torture my family. I'll make them... No, don't move anything on the table now. <laughs> every every morning, I'm going to be painting you. His <laughs> <laughs> eggs have been here for weeks. <laughs> yeah, um, it's got to be um, frustrating. But he's done it for, you know, he's, he's done all of that and, and his family have done all that to produce this incredible painting. Yes. And I think I'm going to, I think I'm now I'm going to start talking a little bit about 
where Antonio came from. Oh, thank you. What it's all about. Thank you, G. And well, if this is in contrast to remember our last show, we were talking about Odillon, Rodin, yeah. Redon. And we talked about what a miserable childhood he had. And I think Antonio, in contrast, has had a, had a rather cool childhood. I mean, he um, he grew up on a farm. Mm-hmm. Um, in Spain? Of, Where was he born? In Spain. Um, in Tomeloso. Tomeloso. Where's Tomeloso Ciudad Real. Oh, wow. Um, so it's just out. I mean, it's quite near to Madrid. Okay. So middle, central. But it's Ciudad Real, which means royal city. So it's like royal city. So it's like uh, you're always banging on about Royal Tunbridge Wells. <laughs> Let, let's not go there. Let's not go there. A little there. bit of an inside joke. <laughs> okay. Family farm. Um, and his uncle. So when he was about 12 or 13, his uncle saw that he had a t- his an- uncle, Antonio Lopez Torres, who was a great painter himself, um, noticed that his son had great his grandson his nephew had great talent um so he started training him up having him copying you know paintings and drawing from life and whatever um and then when he got to the age of 13 he studied the the entrance exam for the real academy de bellas artes Mm -hmm. in san ferdinando which as you know is where Dali studied. Oh, right. Uh, Picasso no, studied that. there. Okay, yeah. And uh, Oscar de la Renta. Mm. Um, so anyway, he's... So he goes to this, like, really prestigious art school. Mm-hmm. And then um, he meets his wife there. And he joins with this whole bunch of Is that of his wife in the painting? Ooh, yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kind of thinking that is. Yeah, and that's probably... I'm, that is his daughter. She looks really happy to be there sitting. <laughs> she does. She's like, man, you make me sit here. And, and on top of it, her... sorry, just to interrupt yeah. you for a second. On top of it, he's, you know, he's kind of abstracted her. So he's yes. made, he's done a bit of a Cezanne. He's cubismed her. And so like he's painted her like three or four different positions. And so the top of her head Right. Is, uh, is in one position and then the lower half is in another position because obviously she yeah. was probably moving and he decided that was, you know, I guess part of the technique. But, you know, she couldn't have been too happy about that. Like, you know, she's... Well, I think this you see this a lot in his in his work after this painting because the paintings before this, they look kind of different. He has this, goes through this kind of surreal period mm-hmm. when he's, um you know, in his 20s and then he starts painting... You know, because you can definitely see this different like of evolution of his work. Um, when you, especially when you look at the next link that we're going to put on the thing, you can see a bunch of photos of him. He's really well documented. I mean, we're just going to scratch. You can. There's so much online about this guy. Interviews. So why why and, has he painted her? I mean, he's painted. I guess that's my well, I think, my question. I think I think the the whole thing is is that he's added this sort of abstraction to the uh, to something that he doesn't that he doesn't really want you to look at so much that he wants he to me his attention is all on the girl yeah 100% and, and right and so all the other stuff is kind of you know it's that sort of stuff happening the peripheral vision is always a little bit less although what i have thought about while looking at these paintings um is that he has this very photographic um way of composing a picture mm. do you know what i mean yeah, it, yeah. I, I mean, you wouldn't if someone said to you this was done from a photograph, you'd be like, mm, yeah. I, yeah. I don't think it was, was it? But 
No, I don't. No, he doesn't work for. He, I don't think he. I mean, I think he's. I don't think he's afraid to. You know, use a photograph here and there. But I. I think he's definitely a his 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 compositions are definitely a result of you know modern photography and the way modern photography. Yeah, the, he's, he's very, cropped. He's very. Yeah, he's cropped the mum, his wife completely. Again, she must have been really happy about that. Cropped completely out of the picture. Um, it's somewhat abstracted. I mean, it's a really beautiful bits of painting, the hands, and e even her face, even though her face is, is sort of abstracted, you know, and, and proportionately kind of strange, the actual face part, her eyes are really beautifully painted. He's, you know, he's kind of... Uh, he's I think of, the, change in, the change in light, I mean, the way the light hits the table right mm -hmm. by the water bottle... Yeah. And then, and then compare that to the, you know, you can see there's sort of impasto there, which is like thick paint. And then you see it to the right, just below her hand. You see the way he's kind of like done that change in, um, change in tone. So that it's just like this subtle change from this super bright to this real quite, quite dark color. Yeah. And there's um, not, there's not a lot of color in it, is there? Well, there isn't, Cisco. Um, and it looks quite colourful in a way, but actually, when you think about it, there's the, I mean, apart there's the red apple, the red piece of meat. Is it jamon in the jamon. front? Um, and then you've got the that sort of alizarin crimson, the back of her chair. So that's right. a nice little triangle there, and the little red on the bottle. And then you've got a little bit of red around her. Like she's, yeah, she's wearing like a t-shirt or part of her dress. You got that little square of shadow on the chair cast from her head. Yeah, fantastic. You know, that's actually right center of the painting. Muy it's bien, muy bien. Dead center, muy bien. See, <laughs> so you can really, you know, I bet you mess around with stuff like that all the time. And this this guy is probably one of the most influential modern painters of our time. Wouldn't you say that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, well, you said I'd say they've had show. They had a show in Seattle. Um, I don't know, about 10 years ago or something, which was all about, you know, modern American painters who have been influenced by Lopez Garcia. And actually that show included friend of the podcast, Peter Van Dyke, up there in Philadelphia. If you're listening, Peter, we love you. Shout out to and Peter. Yeah, hey. Um, anyway, Peter Van Dyke definitely has um, been uh, influenced by um, Antonio Garcia, but... In doing so, it doesn't make him, um, you know, he's taken it and run with it, which is what you, what you must Before, do. Okay. Before we get into the history, his history, a bit more of his right. history, Ken, I just, I want, and you, I think you probably know, like, tell me how he went about painting this, or do you want to talk about that later? <laughs> uh, I think I'll talk about it later, Chad. Okay, that means you don't know. <laughs> Come on, you <laughs> I'll must. I'll talk about it later. Well, okay. well, yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. What, all right, all right. What I've, this something's really very interesting that I read about this that I didn't know before I read this about read it was doing the research about him. And it's, um, it's something about... So during the 1940s... So this guy's born in 36, right? Okay. So the war... There's the Spanish Civil War ended um, in 1939 and ushered in 37 years of, you know, Franco dictatorship, right? Mm. You got me? Yeah. And so all this time, so this kid's growing up, um, just so it's just after the Second World War, um, or during, you know, he grows up just, you know, in the years afterwards. But 
the Nazis um, were not keen on this new art of abstraction or abstract expressionism. They weren't um, cubism and things like this. What the Nazis did not like. They wanted something a more realist approach. We must have the realist. They must have the realist. They have this this thing called social socialist realism. I guess they called it. Yeah. And as a result of that, in Spain, because the you know the Francos of this world were quite um, who were the tight, famous Nazi painters. Or the, well, the Francos of the well, you know the Bauhaus. Okay. That whole movement, the Hitler hated that and did everything he could to um, get rid of it or get rid of that um, that uh, that movement in Germany. Mm. And so what happened was. When the Germans got to Paris, which of course, you know, in that time was like a hive of abstract art, all those abstract artists, for if they could, they got out and they went to New York. And that is why, you know, the 50s, you have this massive, you know, abstract expressionist movement going on in New York, mm-hmm. right? Explosion of, yeah. That. Explosion of that. And so Spain under Franco was, you know, very much in line with that Nazi rhetoric. Okay. Um, and they were like, yes, we don't, we don't want to have this abstraction. We want to have like this sort of socialist realism. Mm-hmm. So when they looked at people, so when other painters or the world looked at people like um, Antonio Lopez Garcia and his <laughs> buddies, who were the new Spanish realists, mm. a group of painters and sculptors that he worked with, you know, at his school. So basically, you know, where he went to school, these guys, they all came up with this movement, mm. but they were largely overlooked because they were like, oh, that's just social realism. We don't need that. You know, we're, you know, we're talking about abstraction. And it, he, um, how am I going with all this? Yeah. And so he's, yeah, so he's a bit, you know, he's, he's a bit quiet at the beginning. <laughs> okay. Um, and gets into, uh, gets into a lot of surrealist stuff. He's trying, he's definitely trying to find himself. You can see that in his uh, early works. I mean, they're all brilliant, but it's like he doesn't settle on this style for a while. It takes him a while. And I think a lot of artists do that, wouldn't you say? So did he go through, like, in that sense, I mean, you know, I I can't remember when's about, when's about uh, the change came in, in general, you know, the way people were taught. So up in, you know, for, for the longest time, people did plaster cast, they would draw from plaster cast, and then they'd move yeah. into painting. And it was all about realism. And I don't, I don't know at what point exactly that, that all changed. Maybe the 60s. Um, so he, his training would have been a, a very classical academic training. Am I correct in saying that? Yes, it was. Because in Spain, um, because in Spain, there are four schools, four big art schools, mm-hmm. and they all taught classical realism um, until basically, until... Franco was ousted or Franco died mm-hmm. and then you know then this you know you have this massive like um, abstract movement in Spain came after that but mm-hmm. really that you know it wasn't encouraged that kind of thing and so he talks about you know when he's at art school they get these books on these painters and it's not contraband but they're like wow you know this is what's going on in the world but they keep drawing and painting in this realist way and he's real proponent for that he's He's very, um, you know, he's all about drawing and painting. He says some wonderful quotes. Um, I've got another one here. Um, I believe that something else, the substance of your spirit, stays incorporated in the work. The work is made to transmit emotion, the starting point of the artist. 
If they are figurative, is the world, the material with which you work is the objective world, but you incorporate some of your soul, and that is art. Come on, man. That's just beautiful, isn't it? Do you think there's a little bit of his soul in that piece of ham on? And the thing? Oh, shit. Sorry. Oh, I'm bringing bring it, it down. down. I'm bringing sorry. it sorry. down. But you're right. There is. I mean, he's... Then you see, you know, this... And this painting, it's, this is another example of... This guy's got a million fabulous paintings. And I've chosen this one just because it's the gateway into him, um, into Antonio, right? I mean... There's a million wonderful landscapes. And he goes out there and he paints. He uses, back to his technique, he uses this um, device to help him um, find distances. And it helps him be more precise when he's working on these large canvases, um, especially when he's painting landscapes or cityscapes. You know, he's out in the street with his easel. And he has this device. It's... Uh, it's difficult to describe it's two pieces of wood mm -hmm. right and they're held together at one end with a nail or something so it's like a kind of the hands of a clock right mm. and then he puts it up to his eye and then he'll take a measurement with a pair of calipers mm. um, next to them and then somehow then he then he puts the whole thing down and looks at the canvas oh that's right then he'll, yeah, that's right. He'll take the calipers and he'll, so I, th I tell you what he's doing. So the two pieces of wood, right? They go up to his eye and that shows the two ends of the painting. Got me? Mm -hmm. Left and right. Yeah, yeah. And then by putting his eye in that exact position, he can then take the calipers and along that line between those two points, he can tell, you know, the width of that building. And then he takes that and he puts it on the canvas and that's how he does it. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's kind of comparative me measuring. <laughs> yeah. Comparative measuring. Okay. And when you, he does these wonderful paintings of Madrid or these, you know, empty streets, which is kind of weird because the photograph of him painting the painting, there's like hundreds of people all around him, like flies, but um, the street's actually completely empty, but it's, um, yeah, they're one, they're beautifully accurate, but then also he, he puts, this sort of abstract quality in there that um, that makes them really endearing, right? Yeah. Yeah. He loves to, yeah. So he's, this picture here presents a moment of daily life and is an important, is an opportunity to claim the right to tell the life as it is given to us. Um, this incessant transformation of matter that presents the artist touches of the Caravaggio. This guy was... This guy, Robert Hughes, said he, this man was the greatest living painter. So do you think at the time he was, he was overlooked because, you know, to the modern world, you, you know, abstract, I mean, well, I guess we're talking about the Western world still, but yeah, to the modern Western world, abstract expressionism in the 50s, you know, had come in uh, and then you had pop art, you know, those were kind of at the forefront um, I don't think so. I, I think I think really that this guy was overlooked because he was, you know, in his early life, he's painting these surreal pieces, which are great. Oh, okay, so really, he didn't come into his own until, you know, later on in yeah, his life. Yeah, it, it was like late seventies, early eighties. So, 80s, how old was he? he how old was he when he painted this painting? Okay, this was painted in nineteen eighty, so he's born in thirty thirty six. So. Uh, 
44. Yeah. 44. Yeah. So he paints this at 44, but he's done a lot of, you know, he's definitely, you can see the sort of um, evolution of his work uh, before he gets to this. He does do these, um, he does do this, there's this one called the Basin, which is a sink. Um, yeah, it's just like, he'll like, you know, he'll paint the sink that you brush your teeth at in the morning with all the stuff there, just like it is, you know, toothpaste, you know, tube there and the thing. It's interesting because he's sort of messing with the perspective a bit as well. And there's a mirror, you know, the mirror that you, you know, the ubiquitous mirror that's above the sink in any bathroom. Mm. The mirror reflects the the tile on the wall behind, but did he you know, know looking at it? Did he you're know not any seeing yourself in the mirror? Right? Did he know any of the kitchen sink painters from England? Right, he was probably influenced by that. The British, right? it's like a group of British artists working in the 1950s who painted ordinary people in scenes of their everyday life. Yeah, wouldn't you say that was like what's his name? Um, Spencer. Oh, uh, Alpin. Alpin. Uh, oh, Stanley Spencer. Yeah, yeah, Spencer. Although he was earlier. There's yeah, like Alpin was a yeah. Derek Greaves. Um, John Bra- you googled this. John, totally John Brat B. Never heard of any of these people, but I do know about this this movement. Um, so um, I think yeah. maybe, and that was, and since it was in the fifties, he might have been, you know, somewhat inspired from that. Yeah, I also think for top modern photography, he's all about, you know, modern new wave cinema in Spain. Um, so I think, yeah, I can't keep coming back to this sort of photographic. Uh, photographic composition that he has, um, which I think is really nice. Um, what else? Uh, so yeah, I mean, he also does what? Yeah. Um, so are we allowed to talk about the painting again now? Uh, we are, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Come on. I'm desperate. I want to know how he approached it. How he approached it. I mean, well, I think he just drew it out and painted it, man. How long did it take? Him to paint the painting? Yeah. I don't know, a month? <laughs> I don't know how long it took him to paint the painting, Joseph. Because I, I, I know... I know there was that, nothing about how he painted it. I know that... But it's all, I mean, yeah. Uh, well, I think, it, I think the time it took does have a lot to do with uh, the, you know, the, the way it's painted. Because I'm pretty sure with those big cityscapes, they took a long time um, to paint. Okay. Again. Right, but if you look, I don't think this guy does take as long as you think because if you look at his, you know, his the amount of work he's produced, it's quite staggering. I mean, there's paintings and drawings and everything. I think this work guy works pretty quick. Okay, would, so would, you think he banged this out in a month? Yeah. Okay, and yeah, and I'm so sure he set up his easel in front. Do you think it was from life? Uh now that's a good question. I don't. There is a there is a drawing. I saw, when I was looking at this particular painting, I did see that there was the drawing, the preparatory sketches for the painting mm-hmm. on um, that were up for sale. And there's this drawing which is done in this interest. You know, it's a drawing. It looks like it almost looks like a tracing of the girl's head. Okay. You know? And there's you know the the hand on the plate and all that. So do you think he, he does, did did like lots of drawing and then? Came back. Yeah. Did he do it in a studio? You know, did he set the painting up in front of the table and paint it there? Or did he do it at the studio? 
Uh, I think he did it. Uh, no, I reckon his. I reckon his. His. He did it there on site. Okay. Ah, maybe not. But the point is, is that I bet underneath all this paint, there's a charcoal drawing in done in lines. Okay. That describes everything. Okay. Perfectly. You know what I mean? And then he comes in with paint over the top of that, and then not not exactly paint by numbers, but something pretty close to that. Yeah, and even then he's moved. You can tell he's moved the table at least. Looks like it's he's kind of changed. You see the lip of the table that it's on her arms. Yeah, it looks, he does this a lot. It looks he like it's been moved. Lot. Yeah, he does that a lot. He'll like move stuff, and then he'll also he does this thing, this kind of fisheye lens thing. It's when you you know he'll like do a painting from a window, and the window, it whole thing looks like it's been looked at through a fisheye lens. Mm. Um, but you know, does he use a photograph for that? I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. It doesn't really bother me. It's not something I really worry about when I'm looking at his painting. It's not. That's not the first thing that comes to my head. Did he use a photograph? Um, what I think is really clever is the way that the the things that he leaves unsaid, or the things that he only half finishes. Um, he'll leave like the ghost, or like like the, it's the woman's head on the right, his wife. Mm. That is really clever for me because it's in the periphery and yet it somehow drives you towards the point of the painting, which is obviously the girl. Yeah. And there's this, this sort of daily life aspect to it, doesn't it? I mean, I'm looking, I'm sitting at my dining room table and thinking, damn, this is just exactly what I'm looking at. I mean, this is, <laughs> you know, it's weird. And I mean, also, is he. So, yeah. uh, you know, okay, so we're looking at this painting. Are we supposed to be, because there's a plate right in front of us. There's like half, right. of, you know, a quarter of a plate and there's an egg getting ready to... So, this is his view. So it's, it's is literally yeah. is like just a kind of snapshot. He's just looked up and he's yeah. looking at his, his daughter and she's giving him an intense stare. Yeah, and um, he's saying... Where's that five pesos I had in my room? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, Dad, I don't know. <laughs> um, or I don't like the soup. What, what are they eating? Soup? It looks like soup. It looks like they're having a soup. Gispaccio. She's got bread in her hand. Gazpacho, maybe. Yeah. They've got eggs. It looks like a rather nice dinner. Yeah. There's some, is that a lettuce? Maybe? Probably not yeah. breakfast, is it? It is probably like... It looks like an evening. Oh, I don't know because it looks like lunch. there's a little yogurt thing on the left. I think it's breakfast, early breakfast. Yeah, okay, well, okay, like soup. Soup, soup for uh, breakfast. Yeah, well, you know those Spaniards, mate. You never know what they're going to come up. With. Yeah, I mean, there's no, two, not, there's, I tell you why it's not breakfast. There's no coffee on the table. Yeah, but there's yeah. eggs. Well, I, I tell me a meal in Spain where you don't have eggs. I think it's lunch. I think it's. I think you're right. Yeah, but then the light is strange because the light is definitely a natural light. But then you've got. You've it's dinner, Chanty. They're having dinner. This okay. is their dinner, right? Yeah, but the, the, if it's dinner, what about uh -huh. that rectangle of light in the back? And that because that looks like natural light coming in. Okay, so it can still be dinner. I mean, it gets stay. <laughs> it's cold light. It stay. It stays pretty dark. In, I mean, light in Spain until late, doesn't it? Yeah, and the apartment could be dark. Um, could, could be, be a dark dinner. apartment. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't think it's dinner. I think it it's. Must be pretty dark. Cause you got the light. I on. think it's lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go for lunch. I think it's dinner. I'm going to say why I think it's dinner because I've seen this painting. It's actually been. Um, it's sometimes known as La Cena. 
Oh, okay. I'm glad I, I was just about to bet like a hundred pounds that it was lunch. I'm glad I didn't. Well, that'll be a day. He also sculpts a lot as well. He does these wonderful sculptures. Um, he did one of the the King and Queen of Spain, which is bigger than life size. Um, and I'm not. She must be in Madrid somewhere, but it's done on this black. It's it's in this like. It's near this sort of palatial building, which is probably the palace or whatever. Um, and then there's all this white stone and marble around it. And then there's these two black figures sitting on this, these chairs. And they're done very realistically. Um, but, of course, they're, you know, twice life-size or whatever. It's a bit mm. odd. Yeah. But he does that. He's always putting himself in there. That's what I think is great. He's so... He's that whole bit about, you know, adding something, you know, you've got, when you paint, you've got to, I believe, you really have to, you can't leave it until there's something of you in there, mm. right? And when you do do that, you always feel kind of used, don't you? I mean, like you just wasted a whole bunch of time. You just like paint something just exactly the way it is. Then it's, you know, there's a, it dies, doesn't it? Yeah. I guess. And so. that's what he's doing, you know, on the right. He's like, I, I wouldn't, can't, I wouldn't know, know I just, George. <laughs> Is that is that an artichoke? On there's a beautiful, there's a clear glass Too big for an artichoke. plate. So, so, just, is that an artichoke? That, not an artichoke. I'm thinking a lettuce. Ah, uh, okay. Is it a lettuce or an artichoke? We can put that one out to the um, to our listeners. Yeah, please come back to us with <laughs> with the answer. I think I'm going to go. It's really difficult actually now. I don't. Thing is, okay. Here's the thing. If it was an artichoke. Yeah. He's deliberately dulled down the color of it. No way. You wouldn't serve an artichoke like that, man. You would have, it would have the stem on it. That's a little bit of stem. That's definitely a lettuce. Okay. If it's a, a lettuce, melon? he's definitely dulled a down the, the color on it. Or is it a melon? Oh, is it? Yeah, it could be a type of melon. But then it's a funny shape. Okay, we might have to edit some of this out. <laughs> I love this stuff. <laughs> okay, I got another edit. question. On okay, the bottom left-hand corner, there's bottom like, corner. I don't know, it's like yeah. a smudge of pink and yes, red. Yes, I love what, that. What is that? Yeah. That's another part of his little abstractions that he's sticking in the, you know, in the peripheries. He's just le letting you guess a little bit. Well, he's putting that out there. It's like, you know, it's driving you forward. Then he puts that apple down there, just beautifully mm. painted apple. Exactly. So you know he can paint. Um, yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. And then below the apple... In the, in the abstraction, he's telling us something about himself. Yeah. Below the apple, what is that? Um, right below... Well, there's a knife. No, just um, to the left. It's like creeping off canvas. Creeping off camera. You see what I mean? Just like yeah. I see you would say in cinema. I don't know. Is it a plum or something? I don't know. No sé. No sé. Okay. But that's... I get it. You know, I get it. He's... He's allowing us to use our imagination. Um, even now, though, everybody... Yeah, sorry. Even though he's doing something <laughs> realistic, uh, he's allowing us Moving to use yeah, our imagination. He, yes, exactly. And, it's your, and in that way, all great paintings, you do kind of, um, well, for want of a better word, interact with. You know, they, they give you something to, to work with. And that's, what, that's, when you're, that's how you kind of engage with it, right? Mm. Um. But anyway, the point is, is that old Antonio Garcia, is, he's still alive today and he's having a show in Barcelona right now. So if you're in Barcelona and 
you're visiting or you, maybe you live there, maybe we have some um, Spanish listeners out there in Barcelona, please get in touch. Let us know if you've been to the show because uh, we'd love to know what it was like. Maybe send us a catalog. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get some freebies uh, already. George. Yeah. Uh, and also, if you are in, um, in Barcelona and you are near the Gracia um, district, you should go and visit a friend of the podcast, Casper Hall, and his wife, Corrine, I don't think you'd appreciate f- people just turning up at his house. Have a fun. No, well, they get, yeah. I tell you what, if you go and mention the podcast, you get a free drink. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to love that. Yeah. Casper Hall and his wife, Doreen, have a, and two wonderful daughters have a fabulous restaurant there. It's called Zinzia de Flores. Zinzia de Flores. Uh, I see. On, you're, you're talking about his restaurant. Yes, of course. Yes. And, he's, and it's on the, um, uh, uh, the Calle de... Um, Los Fuentes, Ay, Flores de Fuentes, something about fountains of light. Anyway, it's in, it's in Gracia, uh, Zizinia de Flores. We'll add, we'll put a link on there, but do go there and um, it's a fantastic restaurant to go to and you'll have the best meal, I guarantee you. And you'll meet Casper, who's an absolute genius. Um, anyway, back to the show. <laughs> Uh, where, else, where can we go from there? Well, I'd like to know a little bit more about the man, if you have any, any other notes on that. Well, he, well, yeah, so after, so after he leads, leaves this academic art school, he, um, he wins a bunch of prizes. I mean, he's, he's definitely the best. He's the painter that's going to go somewhere out of that school. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's the most revered. And he wins all these prizes in Spain. And that means he can go off to Rome, you know, which is interesting, isn't it? It's like all these, like even in, you know, 100 years before this, you know, other countries in Europe are sending their people off to Rome to, you know, to, uh, to understand the Renaissance, you know, to understand this art movement that happened in the 1600s. You know, isn't that interesting that, you know, they couldn't, why couldn't they just, I guess... You got any thoughts on that? <laughs> Why couldn't they what? what? Well, I mean, it's interesting that they say, "Oh, these Italians, they know what's going on." You know, sixteen hundred—that must be what art's all about. Quick, send everyone down there, get them, get them to get a taste of that, and then they'll come back to our country, and the whole place will look like Rome. You know, why is it? Why didn't? What can we can we come up with something ourselves? A northern Renaissance? I guess there is one, but well, it's just fashion, isn't it? I mean, partly fashion, and you know, some of the. I mean, yeah, but this is Italians have always been known for their style. I mean, even now, the you know fashion designers and they're just known to True. be to be very stylish. And so, True. it's. Uh, I mean, wouldn't you wouldn't you want to go to Italy? We did go to Italy. You know, <laughs> we did go to Italy. We did the same thing. We did the same thing. We were doomed to go. Well, I think that was the whole abstract impressionist thing was that you know you don't have to go to like Jackson Pollock famously, you know, was proud of the fact that he didn't go to Europe to study um, because, you know, he wanted to do an American art, a real um, thing. But that's another story. Well, maybe but he should have. He wouldn't have, like... Jack the Dripper. Um, but that, you know, that in terms of longevity, look at Jackson Pollock. Ten years, you know, ten years at the top and then, you know, disappears. Whereas this guy, he's still around today. He's had, show, he's had shows all over the world. He got... It was around about 1980 that he started to get... Um, lot small press um the you know this guy robert hughes i think i mentioned said he was the greatest living artist and 
he's been in New York. He's represented in London by the Marlborough Gallery. Shout so out to is our he good still fr- painting? Shout out now. to our good friends. At, wait, wait. Yes. Shout out to our good friends at the Marlborough Gallery. To uh, yeah, don't be afraid to look us up um, <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> is he is he still painting now? Yeah, yeah, he is. He actually st- he actually. He he had this opportunity to go back and teach at, at the at the, um, at the school in San Fernando San Fernando um, San F- um, Fernando yeah he had an opportunity and he want, he was so excited he really wanted to do it because um, he knew there was a certain luxury a certain paradise in that and I think Chenty when we were at art, when we were at art school and we were really into it you know. I mean, when we were really, not the beginning, not the end, like in the middle, when we were like doing all those drawings at night, you know, all that um, memory drawing, all that stuff. Yeah. There was a moment when it was really special, wasn't it? I mean, there was something quite special about it. I love, I love school. I mean, you know, the environment, you know, the commu- the sense of community you get from school is wonderful. Yeah. And you're sitting around having discussions about great painters and... You really feel like you're doing something special, like something's actually there's something significant is being discussed. And anyway, so he talks about that and talks about how what a wonderful privilege it was to go back and teach there for a bit. Yeah. But he hasn't had much of a chance because he's so busy because he's doing, you know, he's doing all these shows and he loves to paint. So um, what's his what loves- are his paintings like now? Are they like this? Um, yeah, well, yes, they are. They, he does these big landscapes, and I think he's been doing a lot of those, um, you know, where he'll go out. There's a v- brilliant video of him, you know, he's with his buddy, they're in their van, and they drive up to this vista in, um, in you know, on a plane in Spain, <laughs> and they're looking out, and he sets up, you know, this easel, and he has to, like, he's, you know, he's, he's banging in, um, you know, nails into the ground and attaching ropes from his canvas to the uh to the ground to stop it getting blown away by the wind you know so he's obviously done this sort of thing before and then he's out there with this device um he's kind of stooped over his painting squinting at it wearing you know a pair of shorts it's brilliant because this guy on this this really large man on a bicycle turns up who's you know he's got all his spandex on <laughs> and you know he's chatting to him but he doesn't I don't think he really knows who he is that he realizes and he gets his photo taken with him. <laughs> um but there's lots of stuff like that there's so much stuff online about this guy and you can see like his whole life pretty much is, has been photographed and him receiving awards and medals and so why did uh, why did you choose this painting over say you know one of those amazing cityscapes that he's done that's a really good question I First of all, I want to say about the cityscapes, and I love, you know, you know I love this guy, but i got to say the cityscapes do get to me. And when I first saw them, I thought, man, what? there's no people here. I just, I find that difficult. You know, he talks about the pulse of Madrid and about how Madrid is, um, you know, he wants to record the life of Madrid in all its, you know, in all its beauty and all its, um, and, and all its faults and everything evils and goods and i think <laughs> i mean who am i to say but you know if you you know if you go to a city like madrid any modern city there's all these people out there that really express what the city's about you know the dark corners of the cities the you know people 
going to work, people who work on the streets, people who work the streets. There's all this atmosphere. And, I, they, you know, he doesn't put that in. And maybe, yeah, okay, that's probably deliberate. And there's probably a reason for that. But um, they, that kind of bothers me. So I, didn't, I wouldn't pick one of those immediately. Nor would I pick one of the landscapes. I think this one is because this is when, to me, when he really starts in this particular style that I, A, really like, and B, has been so influential throughout, um, throughout Western art. I mean, in realist art, you know, he gives people license to be more abstract in their realism. And it's, um, and I think without this man, I think we're lucky, we're all lucky to be living in a world where a guy like this is painting paintings like this, really. Don't you think? Yeah. I'm just looking That's at the second link you sent me. And uh, I found a painting in 1972. Okay, um, and you I mean, can isn't that a great page on this website? Oh, I mean, it's fantastic! That be a great yeah, really way to cool do it to check it out. Yeah, so he's in the Madrid Metro in 1972, and you can see him. There he's there. He's yeah. on site. He's got his canvas mm -hmm. up in the Metro, and he's painting. Um, again, I can't see any people in there at the moment, but um, but that's a pretty cool painting, and you can see he's he's there. So. I'm assuming he didn't really use photographs or anyway, I, I'm getting a bit over the top about photographs, but I think we'll, we'll do another podcast uh, maybe about using photographs. Well, there's another one. There's another one of him like in his studio looking out the window and just painting this huge canvas. It's just his view out the window. I just love it. And I've been to, you know, if you go to the Philadelphia Academy of Fine Art, you'll find two great artists there. Um, well, you'll find a bunch of great artists. Okay, well, hang on a second. Gee. Wait, no, but Peter, no. these guys, they do the same thing. They're up there painting the view of Philadelphia from the you know, sixth floor of this building. It's fabulous. Yeah. Okay, well, hang on a second, G. Okay. Because I'm going to, not to embarrass you or anything, um, <laughs> but if you look at this page, that, that yeah. painting, the dinner, <laughs> as it's yeah. called, uh, from 1971 to 82... Yeah. Now it says right there, uh, it says, I mean, so he started it in 1971 and he finished it in 1982. That shows you that it took him, you know, <laughs> 10 years to finish it. Yeah, look at all these photographs of the table as well. And it's got, and it's got photographs. I mean, that looks, so it looks like he did work with photograph, at least partly. Okay, but I'll bet you this guy works like me, man. I bet, okay, I bet what he does is he's just got a million paintings going on at the same time. And he'll just like pick one up, work on it a bit, come back, work on it a bit. You're right. Grand Via, 1974 to 82. I mean, what are you going to say? <laughs> Again, this guy, this guy spends a long time with these paintings. But I, I bet he's not working on them every day, man. He's got to be, he's probably got 50 paintings all at the same time, right? Yeah, and you've also got below it, you've got a little drawing, as you said, of it looks like a tracing. So he maybe all the trait all the drawing he did, and then he made a tracing, which he transferred onto the canvas. Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, does it? Well, it's it not, doesn't it's not bother maybe. me. He's it's there. <laughs> he's take he's taking a lot of he's taking a lot of measurements. There's a lovely on the link on the second link you sent me. There's a lovely picture right at the end. Right. It's him as an old man. It must have been taken very recently. He's obviously in Spain in his studio. The window's open. He's got a huge canvas yes. and he's he's got these dungarees on. Not dungarees. <laughs> he's got a suspenders. He's wearing yeah. a, like a vest. 
grey vest and he's doing this enormous painting <laughs> of the of fabulous. the rooftops. He yeah. must just get such a kick out of because I mean, it's kind. I mean, I don't know if you've tried to do a painting like that. It's like to paint all the little squares and you know that's it takes a lot of observation, takes a lot of patience, and it's yes. a little bit maddening. <laughs> like you know, it takes the level of patience. Um, you know, is is quite. I'd, I'd say it's probably superhuman. No, well, I would say okay. This this is this is something that I've always, always thought about with painting is that, you know, with your, um, you have to love the process. Yeah. You learn to love the process, That's and in it, loving it, it, in loving it, you it make it it it, it um it it's no longer a chore. Yeah. You know, when you love it, you're you're it's like you're playing guitar and you're just jamming. You're just you know, and there's a wonderful feeling. I think he's that's that's how you do it. I mean, that's what you do. You 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 have to love it. You find you uh, find, and every, and that's what's so great about it is every paint is different. Every painter finds their own kind of vibe, and yeah, some paint, painters are not going to spend the kind of time and and patience that he's going to spend, you know, making the paintings. But obviously, for him, yeah, for him, that's the kick, isn't it? And you can see him as an old man doing exactly what he was doing, you know, thirty years ago. I think it's also interesting, you know, that there's that line between what's real, you know, the real and then the abstract. And, you know, because he famously says, like, all paintings are abstract. All paintings are abstractions, right? Mm -hmm. And as you, you know, some painters get more towards the real and other painters go way over to the abstract. And he's just, you know, every painting he does has this abstract quality to it as well. Mm -hmm. which is i guess that's where he's put in his spirit and his soul and that's what we do in all of things yeah uh oh something else i wanted to say about when you're i'll tell you when you look at these so i've been looking at this guy's paintings for the last two days right as i'm preparing for the podcast because you know the kind of work we put into here <laughs> yeah but i swear to god man i i walk in around my house and i'm thinking shit i'm gonna paint the dining room table just you know there's all this crap on the dining room table i should just paint that and then I look in the living room and I just think, oh, I could just paint that and just my, my, you know, my house full of mess. And then people could see into my life. Right? Yeah, you should do it. <laughs> well, I think I might actually. I've, I've been looking at, you know, he makes, he makes me look at, uh, he makes me look at the world in a different way. It makes me want to, uh, want to see what, how, how it would figure in through my eyes. Um, Amen to that. Amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got to wrap it up, G. No, definitely, mate. I think we've done all we could, but great show. Um, well, thank right you so again. Yeah, I mean, I've got to say, you got you got there before me. I I have looked at this guy a lot, um, and so I'm really it's I'm more than happy to to talk about this guy. So thank you for bringing him to the table. Pleasure, to the podcast. pleasure, Chancy. Absolutely, pleasure. Um, have we got any announcements to make? Anything? Like <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't think of any offhand. Um, but uh, yeah, other than we wishing just, everyone yeah. a happy new year, which we've already yeah, done. have a happy new year, and um, we wish lots of good things for everyone that that is listening and everyone in the world. <laughs> Every yes, peace and love to all of you. Yeah. And it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. <laughs> 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 <laughs>